This is the gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, six days later, after Peter had confessed that Jesus was the Messiah, and then turned around and denied Jesus' way of the cross, Jesus took Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain to pray, apart, by themselves. And Jesus was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. Then there appeared with them Elijah and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let's make three dwellings, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. But they didn't know what to say because they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, my beloved. Listen to him. And then they found that there was no one except only Jesus. And as they came down the mountain, Jesus ordered them not to tell anyone about what they had seen until after the Son of Humanity had been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Happy Valentine's Day. Now, I don't know if you know, but Valentine, whose name gives uh, us this day, was a saint. There's really no way for us to know exactly who he was or, or what exactly he did. There's a handful of stories. One that he uh, kept preaching the gospel, even though he was told by the authorities to stop. Another story says that he was, he was marrying Christians or, or otherwise helping them during time of persecution and thus broke the law. Another story says that, yes, he was marrying people, and this was a way, in fact, to allow people to, men to dodge the Roman draft. Whatever it was, all the stories attribute some miracle to him. And at the last, his death, his arrest and suffering and death, because he was acting out this love, because he was love in the world. I mean, that thread of love and suffering, that's what binds together the, the three main figures in the story today. Well, all of them and all of us, of course, but Elijah and Moses and Jesus. Jesus had just gotten done telling his disciples for the first time 
that this love that they were seeing come to life through him and through the ministry, that this love was going to lead to suffering. His suffering, his rejection, his death. Peter couldn't take that. Even though he recognized the source of this love as being God's own love. God forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. And so what we're seeing here is Jesus' response, in a sense. Drawing Peter especially, but also James and John, even deeper into this mystery of love, suffering, death, and life. And Peter's insistence that we've, oh, it's good for us to be here, you know, here on this mountaintop where we're safe and experiencing this glory and not down there where it's hard and where there's suffering and maybe death. Let's stay here without that suffering you were talking about before Jesus. His denial continued. One of the wonderful things about the Gospel of Mark in particular is how all of the opponents of Jesus, there's somehow a way that the Gospel reveals how understandable their opposition was. Naming it, yes, as opposing Jesus, but somehow giving us a way to identify. Not just with Peter, but also those Pharisees, the crowds, everyone else. I really found myself in these days identifying with Peter. You know, over the last year, I've had lots of opportunities to imagine what it would be like if and when and after my dad died. It was New Year's Day of 2020 that I flew back to Pennsylvania unexpectedly because my sister and I thought he was dying. And so in these last weeks and months, I kind of had convinced myself that the grieving was done. That when the day finally came, that it would come like relief and nothing else. And boy, have I been surprised. I mean, it's sort of like, I don't know if you've ever been to the beach, stood in the waves and just been bowled over. A little bit like that. I find myself now having to follow all of my own advice. The things that I've told people over and over, that this is normal, and don't be afraid, and just be patient, be good to yourself. And every time that I have to stop, now that I know that I am right in the middle of this ocean, caught in these, this high tide of grief, I can just turn and face it. Try to learn how to float, how to take it as it comes, 
and not to fight it. But it's true that every time I have to stop because I'm overwhelmed or feeling a certain way, every time I have to stop, it feels like defeat. Feels like I'm losing something. Feels like I'm not strong enough. What Jesus is trying to show Peter is that his own suffering and death is not the defeat it feels like it is. But instead, it's a sign of who Jesus really is. It's a revelation of the deepest of loves. A revelation of God who has come to be with us. And that ultimately, this thing that feels like defeat is a stepping stone to glory, to resurrection. won't be here in this place forever. Peter struggles with that all the way through the rest of the gospel. And I so identify with that struggle. You know, maybe we might hear the stories of the saints like St. Valentine or receive these stories about Elijah or or Moses, or even Jesus, as a calling to do something heroic and reckless and risky and grand. I think ultimately the, the calling to each one of us, as well as those three disciples on the mounting, the same calling which was to Elijah and Moses and Jesus himself, is not to chase after suffering, but just receive what already is. And what already is includes both pain and joy. Ultimately, that cloud comes and overshadows them, and there's that revelation of who Jesus is in the hiddenness of the fog. all of the fog, whether it's the fog of grief or the fog of some other struggle. That's when we are being enveloped by a loving God, the one who can carry us from one ending to a new beginning, who has made this very defeat into our ultimate victory. One that we don't share, though we don't have alone, but that we share with all of us. And certainly these days have given me even greater compassion, a deeper understanding of even the, the very advice that I've been giving others for years and a deeper trust, ultimately, in the love that God has planted already in my life, in people like you, and my friends, 
in my dad, just in this world in which life keeps happening. And love, surprising love. A revelation once again of what makes life indestructible. Love. Thanks be to God.